This show contains descriptions of violent crimes and may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. 19-year-old Tova Mobai was reported missing on Sunday, May 14, 2017, by her mother. Two days later, her severely beaten body is found strapped to a wheelbarrow and dumped in a lake close to her ex-boyfriend's house. Nobody knew the extent of abuse that Tova had been the victim of for years. She was scared and didn't tell anyone, but she kept a diary and she had a USB memory stick full of pictures of her injuries. This is the sad story of a beautiful young woman who was terrified of what her boyfriend might do to her, but she was also too afraid to reach out and to get some help. And sadly, her fear was all too real. Hi, and welcome to True Crime Sweden. I am your host, Pernilla. This is part two of the story about Tova Mobai. So if you haven't listened to part one yet, go back and listen to that part first. When we left off in part one, we just heard the conversation that Tova and Billy had on an app called Telegram. That conversation had been kept by Tova's friend Moa in case something happened to Tova. We are now going back to the interrogation room where the detectives are holding yet another questioning with Billy. It's now June 20th, 2017 and the detectives charged Billy with yet another crime during this questioning. This time the charge in Swedish is called Grov kvinnofridskränkning. If you translate that, it's something like coerce violation of a woman's peace. This is a law that existed in Sweden up till 1864 and then was reinstated in a more modern version in the year 2000. The law applies when a woman is repeatedly violated, physically or verbally, by a man who she is in a relationship with, or has been in the relationship with. If a person is convicted for grov kvinnofridskränkning, the sentencing is between nine months up to six years in prison. Now that you know a little bit more about this law, let's get back to June 20th, 2017, when the detective tells Billy that they are charging him with this crime as well as the murder charge. This is what the female detective was telling him. Well, Billy, I'm now officially informing you that we also charged you with the offense of grov kvinnofridskränkning during the period between February 2016 and May 17, 2017, due to the following. Unlawful threat by driving Tova out to a river, threatening to drown her. She tries to run away but you are able to catch her and throw her down to the ground. This caused Tova severe fear for her life. You are also suspected for a violent physical attack on Tova, in which you repeatedly pounded her head against a wall. This took place after a friend's birthday party on February 18, 2016. This caused Tova severe pain and fear. 
Next, we have the unlawful force by not let, letting Tova participate in her sport or go to her work, threatening her with violence if she didn't obey you. This took place between September 1st and September 18th of 2016. Again, unlawful force by forcing Tova to break off her relationship with her two close friends, Moa and Natalie. This also by threatening her with violence if she didn't obey. And then we have the unlawful threat on December 21st, 2016, where you in a text told Tova that you were going to beat her. This caused Tova severe fear. And on Christmas Eve of 2016, there's another unlawful threat. This time you call Tova and tell her that you are going to kill her. This caused Tova a severe fear for her life. A short side note here from me. Christmas Eve is the day we celebrate Christmas in Sweden. So he actually called her and threatened to kill her on Christmas. Well, on to the next offense. On December 28th, 2016, another unlawful threat. You again call Tova and threaten to kill her. This causes Tova severe fear for her life. And the next is also unlawful threat. Were you in a discussion about you not allowing Tova to come to your house, threatened to kill both her and her parents? This caused Tova severe fear for both her own and her parents' life. This happened on January 4, 2017. And two days later, on January 6, 2017, we have another unlawful threat. When you locked Tova out of the house in freezing temperature and threatened to bury her alive. This caused Tova severe fear for her life. And then on January 23, 2017, you assaulted Tova by tweaking her thigh so hard that a bruise appeared. This caused Tova severe pain, and besides the diary entries, we also have pictures of Tova's right thigh from that incident. And a little side note from me again here. When I first read this, tweaking her thigh so a bruise appeared, I thought to myself, well, that doesn't sound too bad. But I actually saw the pictures of her thigh in the police transcripts, and I'm not kidding, half her thigh is blue. It's like a really, really large area, and it's like bluish purple. It looks awful, and it must have hurt so, so bad. I just wanted to tell you that because I want you to realize how severe this abuse really was. Well, on to the next offense. Another assault also on January 23rd, 2017, when you dragged Tova out of a car and threw her on the ground and tried to strangle her. This caused Tova severe fear and pain. Then there's another assault on February 18th when you threw Tova down on the floor, kicked her, and tried to strangle her. There are pictures, too, from this occasion, showing a large bruise on Tova's arm, a large bruise on her back, a swollen lip, and red marks around her neck. And then we have another charge, and that is unlawful threat via text in which you have written that you will beat her severely, that she should obey you 100%, otherwise she will die, that she will soon be finished, and that she should be happy if she gets to live. 
This caused Tova severe fear for her life. And this happened sometime between February 20th and February 22nd of 2017. And finally, we have the charge of physical assault on March 17th, 2017, the one that Tova's mother reported, where you hit Tova in the face, causing her a black and swollen eye. This occasion is also documented with camera. Billy doesn't want to admit to any of these new charges. He only admits that on March 17th, Tova pushed him and then he pushed her back and that she then fell on a piece of furniture and that caused her black eye. I do want to add that Billy weighs almost twice as much as Tova did. Billy keeps on denying any involvement in Tova's murder. He says that he doesn't remember and that he doesn't know. He keeps coming up with different explanations for the proofs that the police present to him. All the explanations he comes up with doesn't make any sense to anyone other than himself. In a questioning with Billy, held on September 6th, 2017, the detectives show him pictures of the recovery of Tova's body from the water. They do this very slowly, pausing after each new picture they show him, waiting to see if it triggers any reactions. This is how it looked when the divers found her. Pause. This is how it looked when we took the wheelbarrow out of the water. Pause. They ask him about the different things they find. The wheelbarrow, that is obviously the one that belongs to the house. The rim from a wheel that was placed on top of her is also identified as being from the garage. The silver tape she has been taped down with. The wire that is tying her body to the wheelbarrow. They also ask him about the strap that is attached to the wheelbarrow in such a manner that someone could lift the whole thing by using the strap. They confront him about why he spent all day Sunday trying to repair the hole in the boat instead of looking for his missing ex-girlfriend. It's obvious that the detectives believe that Billy attached the strap to the wheelbarrow to be able to go out there later and with the help of a boat move the wheelbarrow with Tova's dead body in it further out in the lake. They pressure him about this strap and how it seems to have been attached in a very precise way. Someone put a lot of thought into that and the detective says maybe you can tell us how you did this. But the answer, no, I can't because I didn't do it. I have no idea, he says. The detective then asks him, you have no idea? Billy then whispers, no, I don't. The detectives keep pressuring him about that Sunday when he went to a store to buy things to fix a hole in a boat with instead of looking for Tova. But he has no answer to this. He says that he was drunk and under the influence of Benso. And then he adds that if he wouldn't have been arrested Sunday night, he probably would have looked for Tova on Monday. The detectives keep showing him pictures. One of the detectives say, Now there's a picture when Tova is removed from the wheelbarrow. This is a hard picture to see, Billy. I just want to prepare you for that. Billy says yes. The detective continues. Before I show you that picture, 
I want to show you two pictures when she was still in the wheelbarrow, but the tape and the wire is removed. Billy says yes again. The detective continues. On the next picture, which is also a hard one to see, we have removed the rim, but Tova is still in the wheelbarrow. Billy answers yes, and then there is a complete silence for 28 seconds. The detective continues. Now it's time for the picture I just talked about. Tova is now removed from the wheelbarrow. It is a very disturbing picture to see. There is silence for 14 seconds. And then Billy says, You could say that. And then there is silence for 27 seconds. After that, the detective continues. Now I'm going to go into and make a summary of Tova's injuries. Billy asks, what does that mean? The detective answers, it means very many injuries. I just want to warn you that there are going to be descriptions of her injuries now. And they are hard to hear. So if you want to skip ahead a bit, feel free to do that now. The detective continues. The pathologist has concluded that Tova has at least 22 different injuries that caused her skull to crush. She also has several swellings in her face and scratches on her throat and neck. Here is a picture from the autopsy. They shaved her head to be able to see all the injuries. Billy then lets out a loud sigh. The detective continues. Tova has several injuries that show that she tried to fight her attacker off. This type of injuries is often visible on the hands and arms. Billy says yes. And the detective continues. Tova's hands and fingers are swollen. She has bruises all over her hands. On her right hand, her thumb is broken back, and the pathologist describes that it made a crunching sound when he touched it, which indicates that it's completely broken. Several of her fingernails are broken off also. The detective shows Billy a picture of Tova's hands. After about 20 seconds of silence, the detective continues. I'm now going to read some of the pathologist's conclusions. On both arms and hands, there are a large number of bruises and lacerations. Right hand side thumb is broken very recently, and also some fingernails. On both legs, there are bruises and lacerations. Tova has several rib fractures. To be exact, there are four broken ribs. A CT scan of the body was done, and with help of that we could see that both temples has fractures that made the skull bone cave in. There is also visible loose bone fragments there. In the back of the head is another large fracture that made her skull cave in. And in the neck area, the skull is completely shattered. Her ribs 1 and 2 on the right side, and number 7 on the left side, is broken on her back. And left rib number 3 is broken in the front. After the detective says this, there is a silence for 33 seconds. And then the detective says, what do you say about the injuries, Billy? Billy says, I have to say it's terrible or extreme. I don't know how to interpret, ex explain really. Extremely terrible. Oh yeah, I, I don't know what to say at all. Yeah. The detective then says, 
How would you describe the person who has done this? Billy snorts and says, There are no words for it. Simple as that. The detective then asks, What are your thoughts about that the injuries are so severe? Billy sighs and answers, Well, it's like being hit by a truck. No, but do you see what I mean? It's like, I think it's so, well, it is, I don't know, excessive or, yeah, kind of excessive. Yeah, well, that's my theory anyway. Or what should I say? The way I see it. And then there's a silence for 32 seconds. After this, the detective explains that Billy and his attorney are going to get copies of the full statement by the pathologist. But the full statement will not be included in the police transcripts. It will be kept under a secrecy policy. The detectives continue to pressure Billy. One of them says, This autopsy report shows a massive assault, a rage, much more violence than needed to kill someone. And the only person we have found during this investigation that has been violent against Tova and who we suspect of abuse towards her is you, Billy. Billy then answers, Yes, as you said, that's what you suspect. The detective continues, There is no one else. No one else in this investigation. Do you know anyone else? Billy answers. No, that's if... If there was somebody new she was seeing that I haven't heard of. The detective says. Someone new? What do you mean? Billy again. That she met someone new, maybe. I have no idea. And maybe he got jealous because she was with me. I have no idea, you know. The detective then says, Someone who drags her out to your place, beats her to death with a hammer in the middle of your yard, drags her down to the water, finds all these things, a wheelbarrow, tape, wire, a rim. Bella says, Yes, yes, yeah. The detective continues, pushes the rim down on top of Tova, ties her to the wheelbarrow, and pushes her into the water. You seriously mean that is what happened? Billy answers, yes, I do. It's kind of obvious because it did happen. The detective then says, that someone else would come out to your place and do all this? Billy answers, Yes, but then how it was done? That, that is a little hard to answer, but it's what I believe, anyway. Maybe it was some guy who picked her up, and then they started fighting, and then they went back to my place, and then he followed her and did all this. That is one of my theories, at least. But if this is what really happened, I really don't know. After a short while of silence, the detective says, Billy, we believe that it was you who did all this. Billy answers, Yeah, I have understood that for quite some time now. I know you believe it was me. The detective says, This has been done in a state of rage. Someone completely lost control. Billy says, But I never lost control. Or been in a state of rage. The detective continues to talk about that Billy had been taking benzo that day. And about how he had reacted in a very aggressive way before when he was on benzo. 
Billy's stepbrother, Kalle, told the police about a time when Billy got really aggressive on Benso, and Kalle was afraid that Billy would kill him. A short side note here. Benso is short for benzodiazepines, which is a drug that is used against anxiety, panic attacks, and to relax. It will lower a person's breathing range, pulse, and blood pressure. It's highly addictive, and when used in combination with other drugs or alcohol, it can cause hallucinations, aggression, impulsivity, and violent behavior. Billy bought 10 tablets of benzo in the afternoon of Saturday, May 13, 2017. So back to this time when Billy's stepbrother saw him reacting to Benso. This happened when a female friend of the brothers took away the Benso tablets from Billy. She wouldn't let him have any more, and he completely lost it. His stepbrother Kalle describes how his eyes just turned black, and he looked like he could kill someone. This scared Kalle quite a bit. The detective then continues by bringing up things that Billy had said in previous interrogations. When the detectives asked him if he and Tova had a fight that Saturday night, Billy answered in the previous interrogation, no comments. And in another interrogation, he answered, I don't want to talk about that at this time, maybe later. So the detective asks him if he wants to talk about it now. But Billy just says that he doesn't have anything more to add. The detective then asks him about how he felt when seeing the pictures of Tova. He asks Billy to describe his feelings at the moment. Billy then laughs a little and say that he's not so good with feelings that he has a hard time describing how he feels. The detective asks again how the pictures of Tova made him feel, and he answers that it's not fun to see someone you care about like that, and then he doesn't say anything more. The detective then says that Billy and his lawyer are now going to have a moment to read the transcripts from the autopsy. They cannot take the transcripts with them, but they are given some time to read them, and then the questioning will continue. After about half an hour, the questioning continues. The detective asks Billy how he felt when reading the transcript. Billy answers that it was tough, and that it was also tough to see all the pictures. The detective mentions that there are even more pictures taken by the crime scene investigators at the scene and tells Billy that if he wants to see them, he has a right to do so. And Billy answers yes without hesitating. The detective continues by saying that when we showed you the pictures before, your comment was, she has been butchered. Billy then answers, that's one way to describe it. The detective continues to ask him about this man, Ludde, that Billy keeps claiming came to see him that night after Tova left. Let me clarify this a bit. Billy claims that Tova left his house around midnight and that a person who he calls Ludde came to the house to talk to him. He refuses to tell the police who this Ludde person is. He says that if he tells the police who he is, Ludde or someone in his crowd will kill Billy and his whole family. The police say that what you are saying is that you rather spend the rest of your life in prison than tell us about this Ludde person and maybe he can give information that will tell us that you didn't do this. Billy then says that he would rather spend his whole life in prison than to turn Ludde in. According to Billy, 
This Ludde person is someone who sells drugs in the area, and he has been coming to Billy again and again, wanting information about other drug dealers to be able to put them out of business. Billy sticks to this story through every interrogation. The police cannot find any calls to or from Ludde, and Billy claims that this meeting was booked up the last time they met, and that is why there are no calls or texts between them. It's obvious that the police don't believe this story at all, and Billy also claims that he was very drunk when Ludde arrived, and that he fell asleep when Ludde was there and don't know when he left. But if this was an important meeting, why would he drink to that extent that night? And also, Billy cannot explain how all the texts to his friends Jimmy and Fredrik were sent. If he was meeting Ludde and then fell asleep, and at the same time all these texts were sent to Fredrik and Jimmy's phones, He kept texting Jimmy and Fredrik until about 3 a.m. about that they were not allowed to come back to the house yet. This makes no sense at all. Another thing that the police brings up is the clothes that are missing from Billy's house. He had several pairs of khaki pants of a special brand. And he also had a jacket from a brand called Fjällräven. And that jacket is missing. The police have pictures of Billy wearing this jacket only two days before Tova was murdered. But the jacket is nowhere to be found. But there is an old oil barrel on the premises that the forensics could determine that something had been burnt in recently. And in the bottom of that barrel, they find metal buttons with a logo from Fjällräven on it, the same brand as a jacket. The police even contact Fjällräven to ask how many metal buttons this jacket has, and the number they find agrees with the answer they get from the manufacturer. They also find a metal button matching the brand of Billy's khaki pants. So it seems that Billy burned his clothes after killing Tova, and that is why they cannot find any clothes with blood on them. I really try to be objective when I research, and especially when a suspect hasn't confessed to the crime. But I cannot see that this could have been done by any other person than Billy himself. All the evidences point towards him, and the diary that Tova kept describes how violent he had been in the past. Before the trial started, they did an evaluation of his mental health and came to the conclusion that he was not mentally ill. The evaluation did come to the conclusion, though, that Billy has a grandiose sense of self, also known as a sociopathic personality. But I'm not the only one who believes that there's no doubt about his guilt. The trial started on November 27, 2017, and on December 21, 2017, the court found him guilty of murdering Tova Mobai. Before sentencing, the court wanted another evaluation of his mental health done. So now, on Thursday, February 15, 2018, the sentencing came in. Billy is sentenced to life in prison for the murder of Tova Mobai. He is also convicted for previous assaults and threats against her. This is what the court said in the verdict. Billy Fagerström has on the night of May 14, 2017, 
in Frana Hudiksvalls County, willfully deprived Tova Mobai her life by with his hands strangling her, and with a hammer or similar object inflicted at least twenty blows to her head and to her body until she passed away. Billy Fagerström then placed her dead body along with the rim of a tire in a wheelbarrow. He then winded body, rim and wheelbarrow together with tape and placed the wheelbarrow with Tova's dead body in a lake. The wheelbarrow was also equipped with a strap that could be used later for moving the wheelbarrow out on deeper water to avoid being found. I want to share with you two of the entries that Tova made in her diary. Those two entries are very telling and shows you how this relationship was. The first entry is from July 14, 2016. This is what she wrote. It's Billy I'm talking about. My first and only true love. I have since January 2014 been hopelessly in love with this man. Sometimes it's wonderful and sometimes it's a living hell. And then I think about why I stay with him and if it's worth it, if it's worth all the pain. Well, well, I guess we'll see what's going to happen. Now I'm going to watch Orange is the New Black. I'll write some more another day. Bye. And on February 19th, 2017, she writes, Yesterday, it happened again. I've never been this close to death before. I was just going to drive Billy home because I was going to go to work at the swimming classes. I got a text from Alva, who is my co-coach at the swimming classes, and she said she wouldn't be home in time to come today. I texted her back that it was hard to do it all by myself. And then she suggested that she could ask Philip if he could work with me. And Billy saw this, and he totally got crazy. He hit me so hard that my arm is purple. But he calmed down eventually. I, of course, had to get someone else to cover my shift, because I couldn't go there looking like this. And I had to do it without my father finding out. Later that night, I went home to eat, and I lied to my father about being at work, because I don't want him to wonder. Later, I went back to Billy's, because I had promised him to do that. Everything was fine, until I got an email from some moron on Ride Store. Side note here from me. This email is talked about later in the interrogations, and she received an email that said something like, Great to hear from you again, and so on. This was an email from a company that Tova had ordered something from. But Billy took this as she was cheating on him. Back to Tova's diary entry. Billy thinks that I'm cheating on him all the time. So he started to go through my phone, and he found that somebody had added something to my story on Snapchat, and he also found that I had blocked him from seeing my story. I don't even know why I blocked him, but obviously I did. He then goes totally ballistic and throws me on the floor. He kicks me and then tries to strangle me several times. My throat is swollen and bruised and I spitted blood before. I think I broke a rib or something. It hurts really bad. I thought 100% that I was going to die last night. I can't do this. It only gets worse and worse. 
Next time, he will kill me. I look so broken. My lip burst and is swollen and bloody. There is proof. There is a red and silver USB memory stick. On it, there's pictures of my injuries. It's hidden in a small pink box underneath my bed. To hear her describe what he did to her is just horrible. She describes in other entries how she faked that she passed out when he was strangling her just to make him stop. Unfortunately, Billy keeps claiming that he didn't do this, so I guess Tova's family will never know what happened that night, except that he lost it somehow. When reading all the over 3,000 pages of police interrogations, I have my own theory, and it has to do with Billy's jealousy, and it also has to do with Billy's stepbrother, Kalle. This is what is known. Billy's stepbrother, Kalle, says in interviews with the detectives that he and Tova planned to go to Stockholm the next day, the day after the murder. And Kalle sent a Snapchat to Tova at about 1.20 a.m. that night, talking about this trip. That Snapchat was opened but it was never answered. I think that it might have been so that Billy was the one opening the Snapchat and discovering that Tova had made plans with his stepbrother, and that was the thing that made him explode with anger and kill her. Kalle and Billy are not related at all. Kalle's mother and Billy's father got married about eight years before this all happened. And Kalle is the same age as Tova. They were classmates and Billy was four years older. Of course, I don't know that this is what happened. But Billy was very jealous and I can only imagine what he could have done if he had found out their plans. Whatever the reason for him doing this, this is a senseless crime committed by a controlling and violent person. My thoughts and deepest condolences goes out to Tova's family and to her friends. The world has lost a beautiful, bright young girl because one person thought it was okay to control and abuse a young woman, and finally ending her life. Rest in peace, Tova. Make sure that you pay attention to women around you who might be in an abusive relationship and make sure that you offer them help and support. Some women say that it would never happen to me. I would walk away right away if someone laid a hand on me. But that's not really how it works. A person who is abusive is never abusive from day one. Then everyone would walk away. An abusive and controlling person is usually the perfect partner in the beginning. They give you all the love and attention you could ever dream of. They treat you like you're a princess and like nothing in the world matters except for you. They do anything for you. They pick you up outside your work to make sure that you get home okay. They call you several times a day just to make sure that you are okay, and to tell you how much they love you and that they cannot stop thinking about you. You are so in love with this wonderful, caring person by now. And then the small things come creeping in. 
They start out in a small way by criticizing your friends, making you take a step away from your friends and spending even more time with them. They start criticizing small things that you do, at this time only in the kind way, and you are more than happy to change those small things to make everything even smoother between you. Then the criticism grows, and you change even more things, because you want everything to be as perfect as it was in the beginning. And it was a stupid thing you did anyway. You start blaming yourself for things that happen. At this point, you are so tied up to this person that when the first strike comes, you again blame yourself for the thing that you did to upset him. One thing that is very important to remember is to listen to your inner voice. If your inner voice tells you that your new boyfriend is too much, too intense, he probably is. That might be a sign that he has a controlling personality and you might want to think twice before getting involved with him. And remember, if you're a bystander, you can never force someone to leave an abusive relationship. That decision has to be made by the person in the relationship. But you can tell them time and time again what you are observing and that the way he treats her is not right. And tell them time and time again that you will always be there for them. That they can call you whenever they want if they need help in some way. Doing this makes a person in an abusive relationship stronger and makes them come closer each day to finally leaving the abuser. There is help out there. Don't be afraid to reach out. Nobody deserves to be treated this way. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of True Crime Sweden. This case really made me think of how easy it is to become stuck in an abusive relationship. And I also became aware of that it doesn't have to be about grown-ups. Tova was only 16 years old when she started dating Billy. And it was probably an easy thing for him to break her down. A 16-year-old is still not mature enough to see and react to the signs that probably were there right from the beginning. I'm glad that Billy is going to be locked up for life, because I think with his personality and mindset that he wouldn't have stopped abusing women. If you want to discuss this case or just hang out with a great bunch of people, you're welcome to join the discussion group on Facebook. Just search for True Crime Sweden discussion group and ask to join and you will be added. I hope to see you there. You can always reach me at truecrimesweden at gmail.com or find me on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. But before we end this, let's not forget about this episode's little fact about Sweden. Today, the recommendation for this topic came from one of the members of the True Crime Sweden discussion group on Facebook, Tay Davis. Tay suggested that I should talk about fun places to visit in Sweden. So I'm probably going to come back to this topic several times. But today I want to tell you a little bit about my hometown and the capital of Sweden, Stockholm. Stockholm is sometimes referred to as the capital of Scandinavia, and now all the Norwegians and Danish people will kill me, but I said that anyway, sorry. It's also sometimes referred to as the Nordic Venice. 
The city of Stockholm is located on a total of 14 islands who are connected by 57 bridges. Stockholm is 750 years old. And if you only have one day to explore Stockholm, I would suggest that you start out by going to City Hall. This is where the Nobel banquet is held each year. In City Hall you can go up in the tower and there you have a wonderful view of Stockholm. You should also go by the old town, Gamla Stan. It has this small narrow street with shops and cozy cafes if you feel like having a fika. One of the things I remember from Gamla Stan, or Old Town, from when I was a kid, was when my dad showed me the narrowest alley in Sweden. It's called Morten Trotsis Gränd, or Morten Trotsig's Alley, and it's only 90 centimeters wide. 90 centimeters is about 35 inches. In Old Town you also find the Royal Palace and the Stockholm Cathedral. When you're done in Old Town you can walk down to the ferries that will take you over to Djurgården. Djurgården or Royal Djurgården is another island that is very beautiful and a very exclusive place to live. When you get off the ferry, you have the amusement park Gröna Lund to the right. And if you don't feel like going to an amusement park, you have the ABBA Museum. Uh, you also have the Vasa Museum. Vasa is a ship that sank on its first journey on Sunday, August 10th in 1628. And that ship was salvaged in 1961 and you can actually enter the ship in that museum. It's pretty cool. On the island of Djurgården you also find Skansen. Skansen is the world's oldest open-air museum. You can visit houses and farmsteads from all over Sweden. And there is also people working there baking bread like they did in the old days, and so on. Skansen also have a variety of animals, such as wolf, moose, and seals. It's really worth a visit. I love to go there, and every time I go, I discover something that I hadn't seen before. So, don't miss Skansen. You can also try one of the many sightseeing boats that Stockholm offers. To see Stockholm from the water is a beautiful experience. If you want to visit Stockholm, there is plenty more to see. I will post some links on my social media if you are interested in finding out more. Thank you so much for listening and I hope to see you again next time. Goodbye! Hey, Dora.